Cape Talk. You are listening to The Overnight Show with myself, Kolosa Madigizela. And now we're joined on the line by Romy Filwe. Welcome, Romy Filwe. Yes, I'm well, thanks. I'm <laughs> How are you? I'm good, thanks for yourself. Good. Um, firstly, maybe can you start off just by telling us a little bit about yourself and your role as the ambassador at One Young World? All right. I'm Remusile from Johannesburg. I oh, you're in Johannesburg. Are you actually in Johannesburg? I'm in Cape Town now. Oh, you're in I Cape Town. Okay. All right. But you're originally uh, from Johannesburg. Yes, yes okay. I am. All right. I studied psychology and social development at UCT. And I'm currently working for the health science under student development and support at the moment. Where's that? And Where's that? I didn't get that. Health science. Health Hel- sciences. Health sciences. It's the Faculty of Health Sciences. Oh, UCT. at the University of Cape Town. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Yes. And so One Young World basically is a um, youth leadership platform which has supplements every single year in different countries, gathering young minds together. And my role as One Young World Ambassador is we go to this amazing um, summit and we come back and as ambassadors within South Africa, within um, the countries around us, and we say, how do you then create actual change when we come back? How do we actually establish certain programs and certain organizations that will actually benefit? Because it's very easy to do something alone, but when you have other minds together, then we do something better. And so it's been such a great platform to network. I think the importance for me has been meeting other young people and saying, let me actually be a part of something greater than myself. And and how did you get to be an ambassador on, on, on One Young World? Very interesting enough, I saw a post on Facebook, <laughs> the power of social media. I saw a post on Facebook about this youth leadership summit, and initially I had shared it just for other people to be a part of it. I was like, let someone else be impacted us, and they should definitely go. And the friend of mine was like, are you going? I'm like, no. And I'm like, I really think that you should go, and you're a great leader, go for it. And I was like, okay, let me just apply. And I was selected as one of the young leaders out of many people who applied. And in 2014, that's when I went to Dublin Island for the conference. Oh, well done. And how long was the conference? It was a week. Oh, it was a week. So you got to share an experience with other young young achievers in Dublin and share ideas with them and the challenges that they're facing and learn from yes. one another. Yes. Okay, that's, that's, that's amazing. And you've just joined um, um, UCT as an employer, as an employee, yes. I mean? Yes, I have. Oh, okay. And as a recent young, high-achieving woman, because, I mean, you are high-achieving already in a, at a young age to have been selected for Young World, um, that's an amazing thing to have been able to go out into the world and explore it. Um, it's amazing. So going into the workplace, what are your expectations and fears? Um, I think my expectation really is to excel in everything that I do. I don't necessarily see it as I need to prove myself, but I see I think I've proved myself by even getting the job, and we certainly have reference for it. I just think some of the challenges is really being a young person within the workplace. I don't think it has anything to do with race, gender, personally for me, but more to do with can these people see that I have the potential? You know, can I show others who've been here for five years that I have great, great ideas and that things can be done differently. Oh, that's amazing. And I love the fact that you, you're saying you don't, you don't want to be seen just as a black woman. 
for that mm. matter, um, you want to be seen as an individual who's got the competence to do the job, irrespective of my gender and color. That's really amazing. Um, um, just what exactly do you do at the moment at the Department of Health Sciences at, at UCT? Just tell us a little bit about your role. Well, it's basically student development that supports as an actual um, department. Basically, we deal with a lot of non-academical issues that the students are facing. So things like season of fall, you know, we had a, a, a big role to play with them. Things like the emotional side of things. Students who go to the clinics, who go to the hospitals, and maybe, for instance, one of their patients um, dies, they would come to us for support. We would meet and reference them to psychologists or student wellness and so we deal with mostly the non-academic side of their degrees. Mm. Um, and and what did you study? Um, so, uh, what psychology. did you study? You studied psychology. Okay, okay, mm-hmm. okay. And um, one other thing, I know you've mentioned that obviously you don't you don't want to be seen as a woman, black woman. You want to be seen as a competent person. But the reality is that as a woman, you have an opportunity to 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 fast track your career even more because of the fact that we don't have enough women in senior management positions even middle management positions for that matter so what excites you about the opportunities that are there for you as a young determined woman who is determined to succeed i think one of the things is that you know a lot of times even just as women we we know that there are challenges within getting into the workplace there are challenges within um, actually being allowed in decision-making boards and actually being competent of that. And I think the beautiful thing is, for me personally, when I look at stepping into those um, corridors of power is I don't want to just go in and say, let me be the voice in the voiceless. Let me be the one out of a thousand people who speaks for every black person. But I want to be able to step into the corridors of power and actually open the door for other black young women, you know, so to say, I want to hold the mic and let other people speak for themselves. You know, so I think a lot of times, even within uh, the black community as a woman, there's like a whole competition thing or trying to get ahead and leave our own behind. So to say, let me go ahead. I don't really give other people opportunity. And if someone else goes ahead of me, then that's fine because it opens door for more people and not just for myself. Yeah. So I think that opportunity to open that space for other women is what excites me the most. Yeah, that's amazing. And also it goes to it goes with that saying that always says, once you've gotten the elevator up, make sure that you send the elevator down for others that can come up with you as well. So that's really, really, really insightful. How do you think, um, or you, I think you've spoken a little bit about the challenges because that's what I wanted to ask you, but I think you've spoken about that. So how do you think um, as young women, we can go about overcoming these challenges that, that face us? Or face you, because I, I don't think I'm young anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, that's relative. <laughs> I think one of the issues is actually just bringing awareness to certain challenges that we have and being real with one another as to how we can actually overcome them and realizing that women can seize any opportunity because they have their potential to overcome it. And so let us get to a space where we also involve men in the process of this woman empowerment. You cannot just be women trying to go for women empowerment, but it needs to be men as well, you know. Um, I, I remember when I had an interview for Expresso, the co-founder of One Young World, actually, she, she mentioned one of the um, campaigns that are happening, which is he for she, to say that men need to be part of this process of what is happening because we know that right now we have men who are in um, decision-making positions. And so if they are the ones 
who are actually bringing awareness, who are actually bringing, who are opening the doors because they have the keys, open the door and allow other women to come in because there's issues such as female genital mutilation, which are happening in a lot of African countries. And it, it all is a bias for men. You know, it's situations that actually bring that whole woman back in terms of their reproductive system that they actually cannot have this amount of children, cannot do this, you need to stay whole. Mm. But who are, make, who are the people making those decisions? Yeah. It's the chief, it's yeah. the president, the people yeah. who are in there. Yeah, no, that's true. Um, we've got a WhatsApp message for you, um, Roma Filwe, um, from um, Portia and Newlands, and she says, what does your guest have to say about being a young woman graduating Cape Town? I find this is difficult to get successful in the city while I have friends in Joburg who started with 20K salaries. What is your view on that? I think that has more to do with location because Cape Town, which already is very expensive, um, is, is much more different to Johannesburg. And being someone who grew up in Johannesburg, I know that it's a very industrial place, a very fast fast life and fast-paced kind of environment, and I think, which is also very competitive. And so I think the challenge this side really has to do with opening yourself up to doing certain things that actually build up towards opening a door for you. And I found that for myself, within the university system, I found myself being active in certain societies, being a part of certain things that, through those references, Next time when there's something, they can go, actually, we feel competent enough to do something like this, which opens the door for something else. So I think it's about being able to be flexible to then create something, create the opportunity sometimes where there is no opportunity, go out there and not wait sometimes for something or a job, but say, how then can I have an entrepreneurial mind? How can I start my own thing? How can I be a part of someone else's project? to actually gain the experience to, to bring more of opportunity. Hmm. Just want to read another WhatsApp message. It's not really a question. It's a statement. Women are women all day, every day. And acknowledging and appreciating is something which is done gladly. And I think what that message is trying to say really is that women are good at appreciating each other and and acknowledging each other on a on a daily basis and we do it quite gladly so I, that was just a statement that i just needed to read out and would also like to take this opportunity to encourage our listeners to please call us on 021 446-0567 if you've got any questions for Ramafilwe, um, this is a perfect opportunity for you to call us and, and engage with her, you can also send us your voice notes to 072-567-1567 Ramafilwe um, Ramafilwe, um, sorry um, one, other question, one other question I would love to, have, to ask you is which women have had a positive impact on your life thus far and why? Oh, okay. Um, I think every every woman's role model is their mother. Well, most of us. And I think that's simply because, especially African women, because of the impact that they make and how the strength they have to take the little and to raise all these children and to create a platform for us to go beyond what they've the life that they've had. So I think one of the biggest role models has to be my mother and how she has just had so much strength to raise us. But I think a, a few other people have to be the president of Chile, which is Michelle um, Bachelet. She is the first um, president, female president within Chile. And that for me, meeting her two years ago was amazing because I thought, if she can do it, why can't I? You know, if she can become the president of a country and do it so beautifully and graciously, why can't we? And so that also really inspired me to realize that 
this whole notion that women can't run a country, women are uncompensated enough to do something is a myth. Um, people like Michelle Obama as well, who graciously just showed black women that yes, we can do it and we can do it successfully and manage and balance our life and our family and the country as well. And uh, one of the youngest as well has to be uh, Malala Yousafzai. Yes, like, she's my favorite too. Youngest, <laughs> yes, the youngest Nobel Peace Prize nominee. And for me, this is also just as important because my heart is with education and so seeing what she does and how she inspires women with her courage is so beautiful and just empowerment for women really receive education. Yeah, and I think for me, Malala Yusuf's story is just so amazing in the sense that what she actually survived, um, um, yeah. how she was almost killed and how she stood up and how she fought and how she continues to be a young, a, vo- a good voice for young women and fighting for the right for education. So also one of my favorite. Um, what are your yeah. hopes about the future of young women leaders in this world? I think being able to see women receive the platform to seize their potential, you know, and being able to realize that there are women who can be a part of this change and not just specific change, but just realizing that we need to be able to set in motion these long-term outcomes of women actually being in positions of power, women being the part of the power, women leading and heading certain departments within government, certain departments within the employment space, women having the right to their own body and not being policed for their own bodies, you know, not being told what they can't do, not making abortion illegal when it's their own bodies, not being able to be paid for maternity leave when it's like, but also, you know, I don't make this child alone. There's there's more to it, but my male counterparts can freely just go on. So being able to have women who are able to walk in free spaces without being limited because they're women, without being limited mm. because we're not competent enough or seen as competent enough. Yeah, and it's amazing in recent times we've seen young people rise up and and, and really demonstrate, even I think to leaders, um, the the zeal and the zest to fight for what they believe is right. I mean, if we look at the fees must fall movement, whether you agree or not with the methods or not, because sometimes I don't agree with the methods at all, but I agree with the cause. Um, And secondly, we saw with 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 the young girls of Pretoria High, um, um, who Miss Patel, who who were told that their hair is, is is not appropriate, who stood up and and stood up for all of them. So we are seeing young women and young leaders come up to the fore to really stand up and and demonstrate to to even elder leaders that we can fight or they can fight for 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 what is right and they too have a voice. So what are the lessons that you believe that, that older and experienced leaders can learn from young leaders like yourself? I think one of the things is that we're radical and that we're not afraid to actually speak when there's an issue. I think a lot of times within the older generation, perhaps whether there was a fear of being able to say certain things or a fear that I can't actually step into this position, or perhaps even just looking at sticking to things being the way they were, you know, allowing social norms to be the status quo, allowing certain you know, um, inequalities to just keep going. But now there's a generation that says, if there's something, we're going to step up and we're going to speak. And if you're not going to give us the platform, we will be in a crowd and we'll take our voices without a mic and we will actually challenge what is happening right now. So that is what is the beauty of this generation that I feel that we're in and the one that's coming up is now saying that we won't just sit around and wait for you guys to give us the platform, but we'll create the change and we will lead from where we are. 
Mm. Especially with the girls like Pretoria, Pretoria High who say, we don't need to be in any position of power. We don't need a title or a status, but you'll definitely hear our voices and we'll make that change. Yeah. Um, um, uh, for our listeners, um, you are listening to the Overnight Show with myself, Kolosa Matigizela. We are talking to Ramofilwe Nechalaba, who is currently a young ambassador at One Young World and who is currently working at the UCT Department of um, Sciences. Um, so, social sciences, it is, right? Correct. Medical sciences. Yes working in the Faculty of Medical Sciences at UCT, young, ambitious, um, trailblazing women that we're talking to. So if you've got any comments, questions, anything at all for Ramafilo, please do call us on 21 You can send us your voice notes to 072-567-1567. Just before we wrap up, um, Ramafilo, I've just got one, two more last questions for you. Um, what yeah. would you like to be known for in your career? If you, if, if you, if you sit now, you've just started out in your career, you've done amazing things already. You've really shared some wonderful insights um, with us. So you've shown that I think you're level-headed. So what are the things that you would like to be known for in your career as you develop and grow? I think one of the things is excellence and implementing change. Um, beyond just what I do now at, at, at medical school, I think I, I want to go beyond that because I did psychology and social development, do my honors in social policy and management, and the end goal is to be a part of education and the policy making and the curriculum of education. And so I think one of the biggest things that I want to be remembered for is that she kept saying that this is what she wants to do and she did it. You know, um, success breeds success. That's one of the mottos that I live by. And so I believe that if I succeed, if you succeed in the planning, you've really like prepared yourself to succeed. You know, you've really prepared yourself to do greater things. And so being able to create excellence and open doors for others is what I'm really for. Yeah. Um, thanks for, 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 for joining us, um, um, Ramofilo, and also for joining us at, at such a, a, you know, early hours of the morning where you're a young person, you probably wanted to be out with your friends or sleeping or catching up on some reading. So really appreciate you coming to join us and speaking to us on, 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 on the overnight show on 702. Um, um, I think one of the other questions I wanted to ask you, but you've shared already um, what your life motto is, is success breeds success. What else would you say are the other 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 values that you live by and the themes that you live by in your life? Especially for young, other young people like yourself who are listening, who've just graduated, who've just started out in their, in their jobs and they want to also, you know, navigate and be successful in the space. What would you say are the other things that drive you and your themes that you live by in your life? I think as cliche as it may sound, it's just the theory or rather the, the, the motto that failure is... Oh, sorry, we lost... Um, Ramifilwe there. Um, um, Mohale, our producer, is going to call her back and get her on the line quickly so she can just continue with um, her response on that. We apologize for that, but we are talking to Ramifilwe Lichalaba. As I said, um, she's a young ambassador for Young World. Um, one young world and they are just sharing some wonderful insights uh, with us and we were just asking a final question in closing which was really what are the mottos that she's living with and we've got Ramilu Fula back on the line. Welcome back Ramilu sorry we lost you there if you can just continue with your answer please. Okay I was just thinking about how you know the, the line that you know um, 
failure isn't the end. You know, it may be a detour, but it does not um, end the journey. And coming from a place where I had to repeat courses within universities, you know, and feeling like, you know, my progress was being delayed, you know, but this is what I wanted to do, I had to realize that, you know, it's not the end. My dreams aren't dead. They simply may have been put on pause. There may be a detour, but I need to continue. I cannot let this dream die with one simple stop within this journey. And so that's what kept me going and realizing that it doesn't stop the dream of becoming a aspiring minister of education. It doesn't stop the dream of making an impact within the education system and realizing what I want to do. So I think a lot of young women, a lot of young black women with challenges such as financial um, challenges or academic challenges need to go, this is not the end. I can keep pushing. I can keep going for my dream until I get to where I want to go. Um, we, I'm not sure if you listened to us earlier on. We were speaking to another young lady who is also doing quite amazing things, who's got very, very, very open-minded views around um, with feminism and being a woman and, and rights and all of that. We've had a, a few times on the show. And one of the things we were speaking about earlier on is taking on your husband's surname when you get married. Is it your choice? And Lobola, what are your views on that? Being a young person who's obviously embarking on your career, this is the peak of your life. You might meet the love of your life and get married. So what are your views on that? Taking on your husband's surname or them taking your husband, your surname? <laughs> That's very interesting. I had a conversation like that with, with a few friends. I think that, I think it's preference. I know it's very difficult for a woman who would take pride in doing that, that woman. I have a friend who is just like, I will not take my husband's surname. I want to keep the lineage of what's happening in my life. And so I think it's, it's preference. I personally wouldn't mind taking on my husband's surname and even extend it. You know, the woman who'd rather have a double barrel surname. So I'm not too fussy on that. Yeah. I think it's preference. If she doesn't want to, then yeah. she can take that choice. Yeah, thank you so much, Ramafilo. It was really amazing and wonderful talking to you. And thank you for making the time. And really just want to take this opportunity to wish you all the best in your in your career. And yeah, hopefully we'll, we'll see you and read about you very soon on Fortune or Forbes or amazing magazines out there like leadership. Yeah, so congratulations and also on the success that you've had so far. So enjoy the rest of your Sunday and thanks for being with us on the show. Thank you. You too. You too. Um, you are listening to the Overnight Live.